Welcome to the Rewilding Blueprint podcast. Your pit stop for unleashing your primal power. We're here to turbocharge your day, giving you the strategies to resurrect your lean, athletic body and a mindset forged in the furnace of life's challenges. Why? Because this isn't just about workouts. This is about reclaiming your natural born right to a life of vitality, success and unbreakable focus. My mission for you is simple. Absorb one game-changing piece of advice from each episode and put it into action today. Are you ready to abandon the stale gym air and tap into your primal roots? Let's get started. Ladies and gents, welcome to another Mindset Call, where we have our main man on, Ash, to dive into kind of all things mindset and, and what's going on in that space. We had a really, really interesting topic brought up in our Mindset Coaching channel today with some great engagement on, which I do absolutely love. do really appreciate when you, when you guys get some good insights in there, because the, the more insights we get from you, it just means the better stuff we can then deliver onto you. And I believe the sort of topic this week was mainly around sort of visualization and affirmations and using that as a as a skill set to improve our mindset and increase our resilience to difficult situations. And, and I also think as well, give us more resilience and adaptability to change, which is super, super useful. I had a call on this this morning, actually, which was brilliant. And I want to download those insights to you, but I'll do that at another time. And I've just run through a few topics that are in or, or a few responses that are inside that mindset channel. And basically, uh, past moments to Ash. Ash has unraveled my brain for me. And he is now going to uh, take take the reins and get into this. I think it's going to be a really, really good one. So thanks to everyone who is who is here. Over good to you, stuff. dude. Cheers, Luke. Um, and... Same as last time I was here, if you want to jump in in the chat box and ask me a question or just like jump in and, and dive in with questions, I, I'm happy for that to happen at any time. And also challenge me, uh, same as last time, if, if you don't understand or don't agree with what I'm saying, then happy to be challenged. But we're going to be looking a bit about visualisation. Uh, quick summary of what I believe visualisation is, is a powerful mindset tool to motivate and to help us in pursuing a certain task goal or journey um so if we use a running metaphor um if aaron's happy happy for me to use the one that he shared about visualizing that finishing that race coming through a challenging run and and what that finishing line looks like in in how that can help us to complete that task because we can see us completing that task so i'm going to break this down into three ways and they're all kind of interlinked, but they've got a different twist on it. One is self-fulfilling prophecy, which you might have heard that phrase used before, and we'll jump into that. The second is perceptions of what good and bad is. Now, this might be a bit of a mind twister for some people, but I'm going to jump into, actually, we can choose if something is good or bad. And the game of that is you can take that as far as you like. And now, what I like about that is it's a really good one for people to challenge me on, because they will think of something that's instantly bad and say, uh, there's, there's no way this is good. And uh, so I invite that. And then the last. But how do we measure things? And particularly in what a lot of you will be all 
working on is a physical challenge. How do we measure that? How do we measure it as enjoyable? How do we measure it as successful? And visualizing has a really powerful link between all three of these elements because we are going to be doing that. And so it's a tool that everyone can access and is something unlike perhaps something like journaling or mindfulness where the kind of focus is on practicing this daily what i like about visualization is it's a tool you can use whenever you want to and it's not something you feel like you have to use so it's a kind of they're ready to grab when you want it so let's jump in with self-fulfilling prophecy uh kind of quick show of hands anyone heard that phrase before yeah right so Good. So my perception of self-fulfilling prophecy is, uh, and from working in a background of schools, uh, the, the example that always come up is if you tell that child they are naughty long enough, continuously enough, they will believe they are naughty and then they will act naughty. <laughs> and so we can, if we can hack that into a way of I am strong or I am fast or I am good at running or I am successful, this is visualizing and we can give that more depth. We can add a picture to that and then we can reach that. So one of the things I'm working on at the moment is there's a little bit of, what do you call it? The muffin top or the love handles. Yeah, I've got that that going on. Um, so I could get in my mind, I am overweight or I am not, I am fat or I am not looking good. I could come up with all that and that's, nice V shape and a six pack and and but when I'm there in the morning 6 a.m doing my workout I visualize how I want my body to look while I exercise now what that reaching towards a de destination rather than running from a problem so some of you will recognize that phrase from some of the conversations we there's two ways of motivating towards or away from so I'm motivating myself towards and using visualization to help me reach that towards. And the opposite of that would be motivating from from a problem. So from the problem would be I'm overweight or I'm fat or I don't like how I look. Visualizing and moving towards is I want to look like this. I want to reach this goal. I want to be that. And that's where visualization becomes a really powerful way of creating our own self-fulfilling prophecy. So lots of self-fulfilling prophecies aren't ours either of they might be your boss at work and your supervision always says ah you, you are this or you are that or it might have been your parents or it might be your spouse self-fulfilling prophecies can come all around us and we get to choose what we listen to and what we act on and that comes up onto our next point perception of good and bad everyone's still with me i've lost anyone <laughs> good right so what is good and bad? So this is the mind twist of it. We choose what is good and bad. And I was having this conversation this week using the concept of pain. And uh, the, the concept of pain in a mild sense is spicy food, right? Some people like spicy food. Some people like a really hot curry. Now, the spice creates a pain response on our tongue. And, and some people really like that. And some people think that's terrible. Now, it's not good or bad. It just is. Spicy food is spicy. 
we choose if it's good or bad through our perception. Now we can play that game with as much as everything. Now, the caveat to that is things have consequences. If you've never ran and you run a hundred miles, you are going to inflict some pain and it probably is going to hurt. That's not good or bad. It's just a consequence. Now, again, bringing this back into visualizing, if we're aware of that as our filter, as our lens, then we can play with that and make sure that our visualizing future doesn't have any good and bads in it. Because if you create something as good, that uh, the, the uh, flip side of the coin is that, well, then that has to be something that's bad. If we can create things that just are, it just is that I can run 10K and I, I want to run 15K. So I'm working towards 15K. I can run 10K at the moment. That's not good and it's not bad. And my goal is not good and it's not bad. Now, that all said, I use good and bad all the time. Okay, like I'd be like, I've said it probably a dozen times today. And that is just is. I'm not going to comment on whether it's good or bad that I use the words good or bad. They just are. But in a purpose of visualizing and bringing it back to mindset, when we visualize about our future, we can choose where we want it to be. Now, this brings us back to our third point of measures. Well, then, if there are no such things as good and bad, they just are, how do we measure what we're doing is worthwhile? And I didn't tell you this, but I was reading his why document before we come on to the, the call. And so I'm guessing most of you have read that. But um, knowing your why is a really powerful tool. And if you know your why, visualizing becomes... So a few comments in the chat. Thanks, guys. Going to jump in on those. Uh, nice. I really like I, what I find incredible about this stuff is you say in the big link to stoicism of that these concepts aren't new. They've been around for hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of years, but it's just bringing them back into our modern day because a lot of our life and work is all structured in a time concept that we feel like things have to be good or bad definitely a mind tip definitely a mind twister as we are conditioned to think in good about 100% right and and they serve a purpose right is we have learned that good and bad are necessary what I like about this is in the game of, of life is this is the game changer this is the cheat code if you like is if you can fully grasp this you don't have to get stuck down in oh today was a bad day or today was a good day and tomorrow will be a bad day like, you don't have to play by those rules so who have I lost is everyone still with me everyone got it nice a anyone kind of got an example or stuck with something which we can work on real time like something you want to achieve um, but can't quite visualise that or when you try to visualise that you fall into that good or bad I'm happy to kind of if someone's brave enough, happy to work with that in the moment.
just letting people think it through. I can see people are processing that. Mate, I've got one. I'll, I'll just give, if, if everyone just has another sort of 10 seconds to think, I just want to give an example of something. And if no one else is up for it, I'll, I'll go with one. But I said, when you talk about the self-fulfilling prophecy, there's a new coffee shop that I've been going into. I go in there a bit and they've started going. Um, so great to see you back in here again. You know, you're a regular. Right, you you're a regular, and now I'm like, fuck. They think I'm a regular. I need to start going there more and more, <laughs> right? And that that is that kind of self fulfilling prophecy that that they have pushed onto me, right? They've almost labelled me as a regular, and now I almost kind of feel like I need to meet that prophecy that they put on me. And I'm like, like I can't work out if they're desperate for business or if they're just psychological geniuses, right? <laughs> But now I feel like I need to go all the time to meet that label and that expectation of being a regular, which which I think yeah. is really, really interesting. And mate, it's not good or bad. It just is, right? Right. Yeah. But is a really good marketing trick, right? Is that they have hacked the game to calling you a regular repeatedly when you come in makes you think, oh, I'm a regular. Like, yeah. and, and, and and that's a really nice, subtle example and there's really extreme examples of that um about being hard working right if, if your boss comes in every time you turn up like that ash you're a really hard worker or you really work hard I think i'm hard worker i have to work hard but then the condition is well i'm not doing good if i'm not working hard mm-hmm. and, and so if i come in and i've not slept all night and i just about turn up for the door i'm starting to think oh i've had a bad day at work because I wasn't a hard worker because of that condition comes through. So yeah, there's it's a really nice spectrum of a tool how other people can use it and how we can use it for ourselves. Okay, uh, so try and sticking, try and stay with visualization. Um, yeah, and I've got a challenge of my own, but I don't just want it to be my own voice. Who has has anyone signed up for like a race? or a challenge or maybe like a, a 50 mile wild run where you camp and live off the land like anyone foolish enough to do that mate i'll i'll dive in with one here and unless I'll, I'll give a quick countdown anyone else wants to and then i'll run with one three two one oh, oh. Matt, matt's jumped in so but we got nice. time so yeah, let's do Matt. Cool. I'll I'll shut up. Matt, thanks for sharing. So a hundred K run in July. Have you done anything like this before? struggling to hear you a little bit but i've got got part of that um that you've done some mountain marathons i think you said or you've done some other challenges um what's really helpful here is that you you have a perception of what challenging is in a race right is that it's not that it's your first race so with, with our first race then we have some naivety as well so that's not again not a good or bad but it just changes a lens 
you have experienced some challenge. And again, not good or bad, but when you go to visualize, some of those challenges might creep in and it might be oh, that that bit when I hit the wall and, and the lactic acid burn and I feel like giving up. But if that encroaches into your visualization, is that helping you reach that goal and journey? Uh, a good example of this is this guy did an experiment with a professional ice hockey player. And he said, if I lined up 10 pucks and a stick and an open goal, how many would you get in the goal? He said, 10 out of 10 every time. So, okay. Now, if I held up a gun to your head and asked you to do the same, how many would you, you score? And he said, yeah, yeah, still 10 out of 10. And he said, okay. If I held a gun to your child's head, how many would you get? He said, oh, maybe nine out of 10. Now, the extreme example of that is about how more pressure doesn't actually give success. Now, that might be quite controversial for some of you who have believed or have worked or been conditioned that the, the more we put on, the better we get. The more pressure we put on, the better we get. But actually, that's just a way we've learned to work. But actually, creativity can come from not adding that pressure on. Um, so knowing that, just read the comment about the Bluetooth headset, right? Uh, how can you visualize that 100K run in July to be what you want it to be? So thinking about what your measure is, what your why. So start with that. Ask yourself, why did I book on to do a 100K run in July? And then what do I want out of that process? And then if you can combine those two, create your recipe to visualize what that run's going to be. So... Luke asked me a similar question about a uh, half marathon trail run I'm doing in next month. And actually what it's about for me is enjoying and having fun with that. If I'm not doing it this time in a competitive way, but I want to be able to have a challenge which creates a new adventure for me. So I'm visualizing kind of being up on those hills, getting a new feel, being part of something bigger than me, um, a total new experience, running with other runners, and achieving something I've not achieved before. What I'm not letting in is is any kind of doubt or perceived hurt or pain or challenge because those things aren't going to serve me and my my goal. So Matt, if I could, if you're happy to share, is there anything you can see there of like the two camps, if you like, that if we use the good and bad, what a good visualization looks like, and any bad parts? Feel free to type them up as well if that's easy. Just typing for those who aren't looking. So while he's typing, I, I encourage you all, if you're not already, to, to have a practice of this. Uh, and it doesn't have to be a physical challenge. It might be a an adventure you want to take, it might be a, a thing you want to complete in work, it might be something you want to do with your family. It might be that holiday you've always talked about but never achieved. Visualize it. Visualize every moment. Like if there's that holiday, that being on the sun lounge or drinking that cocktail, uh, landing on the like on the runway in the plane, like the more we can visualize something, thinking of that self-fulfilling prophecy, the more we can get closer to them and reach that. Great. 
firstly, Matt, thanks for your honesty. I really appreciate that. Uh, so I'm just share for the group, probably put too much pressure on myself with high expectations of what I should achieve as opposed to focusing on the actually why I'm doing it. Yeah, fantastic. I know that really well. Uh, but, uh, sometimes I use the phrase um, like recovering perfectionist of someone who always felt like I had to get everything right. And so I know that idea of continually putting pressure on yourself. So the freedom you will get from this, if you give this a go, is going to be quite astounding. Uh, so, yeah, taking away all of that pressure comes from a place of trusting in yourself, trusting in your ability and taking away those expectations. Now, for almost all of us, if we've never done that before, that's a, a very unique experience um, because how do we know how to measure stuff if we didn't have an expectation, right? How do we know if it was good or bad? Um, but if we just trust in the experience rather than the expectation, we can get there. So I want you now to try and visualize that 100K run. And I know you haven't focused on the actual why, but if you, let's take something from mine, that actually this is an adventure and I want to enjoy it and see how that lands for you now. See how looking at that challenge in a different lens, removing expectation, how that sits for you. And the same for everyone else. If you're thinking about something, take try and notice, first notice any expectations. Expectation might, might be a, a must or a have or a need to. And then go, okay, what would it look like if I took those away? What would be left? And if you're struggling with that, that probably means you need to do some homework on your why. Nice. Thanks, man. Uh, so, oh, that's Luke. Sorry. Remove expectations and into the fact that true mastery comes from the capacity not to only produce results, but to master the principle behind them. That's incredible. I like that. Nice. Nice. Yeah, thanks, Chris. Uh, yeah, so uh, negative uh, negative thoughts and quick risk. Um, so quick science behind that. Uh, they're necessary, right? Is that uh, back in the in the days where actually living out in the wild, you could be kind of taken over by something uh, or eaten or attacked by another tribe? Then yeah, those risk thoughts were really helpful. What we can, I think most people can recognize though, is that most of those modern day risks aren't helpful. We come up with anxious thoughts or negative thoughts or perceive risk where there isn't any. And we have all learned, many people would have learned from childhood to be safe, would have heard that message of be careful or don't do that. And actually we don't learn how to risk assess. So that's a really common one. What I tend to do with thoughts like that uh, is treat them like nuisance thoughts and decide, is that something I want to listen to? And the same as you might have a random intrusive thought about something totally absurd. And you go, that was absurd or like a strange dream. We choose if it's important or not. Yeah, yeah, I love that. We had this conversation, didn't we? Changing that language as a parent is really helpful because uh, kids are sponges, right? And actually... This, because uh, you know, and there's some schools of thoughts of, of how we teach kids about that, of changing our language from rather than be careful. Can you see that 
a pair of scissors on the floor or can you see that uh, the logs are slippery today when we go to climb on them? But actually, we're encouraging young minds to risk assess, to analyze, to make their own solutions and conclusions. And what we need to retrain ourselves to do is exactly that. And so bringing that back to negative and risk thoughts, that's where they're coming from. So this is all a bit of a training curve. It's something that I continue to learn and train in myself. Um, and so don't feel pressured if you're thinking, well, just visualizing. The first thing I visualize is all the negative thoughts. Acknowledge them, accept that they're not good or bad, um, but that you would like a different result. So then try again. Okay. We, we're kind of going organically with this. I'm just checking that that's all right with people. We're moving away slightly from visualization and into general mindset stuff. And that's cool with me, but is everyone good with that? Yeah, 100%, mate. If I just pop in with something, this is almost coming back to Matt's point. Hmm. I think something that people who are, I, I don't like this term, I'm going to use it anyway because it's it's not good or bad, right? But high performers, right? So people who want to do more, people who want to achieve more, people who aren't satisfied with the norm, right, is what I'm going to lump in as someone who is a high performer, right? And I think what those people can struggle with and just speak from experience is when we say remove expectations because we're uh, – by that nature of wanting to be in high performance, we're generally speaking very driven towards a results outcome, i.e. run faster, lift heavier, um, earn more money, like whatever that is. We're very focused on that result. This is what I want and this is where I want to be. So it can, I think it can initially feel very difficult and very alien to say, forget about that, mate. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Because the fact is, it kind of, it does matter to us. Right? It, it does because we're high performance because we want to do fucking better. And I was kind of like struggling with, well, how do I then say, I, I know that by removing expectations and focusing on the process, it's going to get me better results. But I find it very hard in my head to say, yeah, cool. Well, let's just, let's just bin results off because that's just not how I'm geared to work. So something that worked really well for me is here. And this is what I just put in the chat there is lean into the fact that true mastery right comes from the capacity to not only produce the results but to really master the, the principles behind them and mastering the principles behind them is actually just getting really good at the process and really understanding how i got those results right and by doing that it means i can repeat it so if i'm saying right well you know what like the results does it, it does matter to me but actually what matters much more to me is true mastery, right? Is really, is actually being really good at something. You know, I, I don't just want to run faster, for example. I want to be really good at running. It's not really the running faster. I want to be really good at it, right? And I can do that and I can achieve that true mastery by really looking into the idea that actually all I'm doing here is mastering the process, and that then allows me to go, okay, that makes more sense now. I'm not just rotting results off and saying they don't matter. What I'm saying is actually if I do want better results and I do want to do better and I do want to improve um, and I'm forgetting about being the best, I'm just saying better, right? Well, then actually what I need to do there to achieve that and to be 
you know, in line with, with my values that I do believe results matter. Actually, I can do that much, much, much better by just forgetting about that and concentrating on the process. And that's always going to see a better outcome. Always going to see a better outcome. You know, I, I think, I think anyway. Um, yeah. So say, yeah. So, so say part of your process is, is behind like, you know, whatever you're doing. Um, Chris, I hope you don't mind me. I'm going to, I'm going to use this, uh, a, a bit of what's going on here as an example. And mm. this is a very rough translation, but just for example, and I was just thinking about this the other day, mate, based on our conversation, like you're in property, you've got to see, you've got to view properties, right? Cool. All right. Well, if we can say like, well, what's something that, you know, if I want true mastery there, like one of the things that I need to do is I need to view properties. There's part of the process. And I just get loads, loads, loads better at just viewing properties, right? And then we, and then we've almost just like boiled stuff right down to, well, cool. If I can just um, view twenty properties a week, I'm going to get better at viewing properties. Mm. Um, and that is then that's the process that I'm focusing on, which is going to get me to that sort of true mastery and then progress. I hope that I hope that makes sense. This is this is what yeah. we have actually. Like I say, I'm rubbing my brain as I'm just kind of like few words everywhere <laughs> oh, I, I think it's really good and value that of i think it raised a blind spot in what i was sharing and so two points here is one that with everything all this mindset work is all language created right is so yeah. uh, we're looking at the wording and being really specific about the word expectation because what i'm hearing from you is commitment is i'm committed to being my best self and so that's not just I go running or I'm good at running. It's I'm continually developing my running. I want to be as fast as I can, right? Does that that kind of sit? Yeah. So a commitment, yeah, they're fantastic. If you want to drive this game, if you want to win this game, it's commitment every day. Of like, but commitment and expectations are different. Expectation is a measure of is it good or is it bad? Commitment is I'm... I'm driven towards this. I'm going to do that. And there was another thing I was going to share. Uh, good. I'm glad. Um, oh, fuck. It's gone. And we, we didn't do any swearing until now as well, so you'll have to cut that bit out. <laughs> uh, yeah, they'll come back to me, I'm sure. Uh, but yeah, so language is really really powerful that said we are all conditioned lots of conditioning beliefs experiences mean that we use language all the time that uh describes what we're trying to describe but doesn't always mean exactly those words if that makes sense so some of the science around communication is that the words we actually say so when i'm talking to you guys it might be a slightly different example but the words i say seven percent of the words I say are, are, are the, the important part of the communication. And it's something ridiculous, like 80% is body language, the rest is tone. So we are always just like, what I love about my job is the incredible nature of it. If I'm talking to a client and both of us can get close enough that I can feel what they're feeling and understand and they can understand what I'm feeling. Actually, that's a real gift, right? If that right now for you guys here, of like that we're all trying to share a very big, deep concept on a Wednesday afternoon. And uh, I feel like looking at you, most of you have got 
probably like 60 to 80 percent of what i'm talking about right doesn't mean that you fully comprehend it and you're like oh yeah of course that's easy but cogs are starting to turn um i've got a client at quarter past one so. yeah no mate that was that was awesome i found that absolutely bang on really really useful dude what i'm going to do is i will stop recording now